You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. So a few questions to get things started this morning. Who can tell me where the Baseball Hall of Fame is located? Cooperstown, what state? New York. Cooperstown, New York. Okay. Now these are going to get a little more difficult as we go. That was the, that was the easy one. Where is the Pro Football Hall of Fame located? Canton, Ohio. They just had a ceremony yesterday. It's football season. I'm excited. Now, the next one, let's see where you're at. The National Basketball Association Hall of Fame. Springfield, Springfield, Massachusetts. Good. All right. What about hockey? Where is the Hockey Hall of Fame? And it's not in America. Toronto. Yes. Toronto. Amazing. But this one you'll never get. Where is the rolling skate? You can't answer. Where is the rolling skate Hall of Fame? The rolling, the rolling skate Hall of Fame. It's in Lincoln. It's in Lincoln. You've probably driven by it before. Now enough with these little trivia questions. So in our reading this morning from Hebrews 11, it has been called the Hall of Fame chapter. Actually, it should be called the Hall of Faith chapter. When I think of Hall of Faith, I think of uh, my days back at Lutheran High Northeast in Norfolk. And uh, about 2014, the Booster Club decided to create a Hall of Faith for those who uh, had given, volunteered their time in whatever capacity to support the ministry of the high school, which was started in 1999. So this is what it looks like. There's the Hall of Faith if you walked into the commons area at Lutheran High Northeast. You'd be looking at the Hall of Faith. And all of those plaques are of the members who were inducted into the Lutheran Hall, Lutheran High Northeast Hall of Faith by the Booster Club. Well, there just happens to be a direct link and an indirect link to two of those members of the Lutheran High Northeast Hall of Fame that have something to do with Trinity. The first one is our very own Ray Beerman. Ray, wave to us back there, okay? So here is, here is Ray in 2015 and his plaque. Because you see, Ray had a lot to do with helping me as activities director and as assistant principal because he was basically in charge as a volunteer of all of the buses. And he not only drove them, he fixed them. And actually, Ray, you're sitting 
someplace where you were pretty comfortable for many years as our, as our main basketball announcer, but you also did some football and maybe even did a soccer game or two, I'm not sure. But that's just a little short list of the things that Ray did. So he was entered into the Hall of Faith at Lutheran High Northeast. Now the other person is kind of related to Trinity, but very related to me. That would be my dad, Elvern Rathke. So when my dad uh, retired from working at the Wisner Farmers Elevator for 50 years, he had a little time on his hands. Nearly every single day, he drove from Wisner to Norfolk, and he worked outside on all of the property, and it was a big property. Mr. W, you're familiar kind of with what it looks like up there. So he would either weed or plant or kill weeds or uh, mow lines on the football field, paint lines on the football field, and that was his little famous cart that he drove around in. So both of these men are in the Lutheran High Northeast Hall of Faith. They earned their way in, even though that's not what their goal was. They were placed into this hall of faith. But today's scripture lesson we read from chapter 11 of Hebrews tells of a different hall of faith and a different destination. It's a place that we can aspire to be, but in, in this case, a booster club is not in charge of who gets in. Actually, there is very little that we can do ourselves to get into this hall of faith. The men of faith talked about in Hebrews chapter 11 only knew, knew the promise of a savior. But indeed, they knew of the hopeful promise. Let's take a look at verse 1 and see what this word faith means. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And here are your definitions of those two pretty awesome nouns in that, in that verse. Assurance, confidence or certainty. Conviction, a firmly held belief. So that begs to question then, what were the faithful mentioned in Hebrews 11, what were they hoping for? What were they so sure about? What was it that they firmly believed? In the first 12 verses in Hebrews, there are a lot of faithful people mentioned. Among them are Abel, Noah, Abraham twice, and Sarah by faith. Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. By faith, Abraham went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age. Now that's a lot of faith. Which brings me back to those original questions again. Let's take a look. 
So what were the members of Hebrews Hall of Faith hoping for? What were they assured of? What was it that they firmly believed? The writer of Hebrews pauses listening faithful patriarchs to clarify thoughts starting at verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. Strangers and exiles on earth? You see, the faithful patriarchs in Hebrews 11 knew there was something better, something more joyful, something everlasting waiting for them. If we keep reading chapter 11, there are so many more patriarchs and their faith that are mentioned. Isaac and Jacob and Joseph, Moses, the writer even mentions the Israelites crossing the Red Sea. The judges Gideon and Samson, King David, Samuel and all the prophets that came after Samuel. But what is it that they all have in common? What's their faith? But again, faith in what exactly? Well, in verses 14 and 16, he helps explain a little bit. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for has Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for has prepared for them a city. You see, they didn't see and hear the Messiah. But do you see the fly that's bugging me? Okay, we're going to get him eventually here. But, but they believed in God's promise that indeed he would send a Savior. And that he would usher them into a, his presence in a different place, a better place, a perfect place. You see, this place is our inheritance as well. Abraham understood this inheritance. It was an eternal inheritance, not the temporary inheritance of land that he received from God in verse 8. Take a look. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. He didn't go to this promised land blindly, rather with the blessed assurance and the conviction talked about in verse 1. Has anyone here ever received an inheritance? I have. Few of us have. What did you have to do to receive that inheritance? Nothing. Nothing. But, but the patriarchs didn't have to do anything either. It was a free gift. It was a free gift. The patriarchs only needed one thing to inherit that promised land. 
What is that one simple thing? It's faith. But more importantly, the patriarchs mentioned in Hebrews 11 believed in the ultimate inheritance. Peter enthusiastically tells new believers about this inheritance in 1 Peter chapter 1. And this is Peter basically giving a sermon to a bunch of new believers. He's talking to us today. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sounds like the start of a sermon, doesn't it? According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So do you see how blessed we are? The patriarchs only knew of the promise. We know the promise. Because the promise has been revealed to us. The promise was revealed 2,000 years ago in the form of a tiny little humble baby born in a lowly cattle stall. Luther sums it up nicely in one of his writings. This blessing is ours forever and ever. Even though we do not see it now, on earth no pleasure is so great that it does not become unpleasant as time goes on. We see that one becomes weary of everything. But this blessing is different. All this is ours in Christ by God's mercy if we believe. By God's mercy, we believe through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what the patriarchs believed as well. They believed in a merciful God and the promise of salvation, a place that they would inherit, not on this, not on this earth, but a heavenly home. This brings us full circle back to chapter 1, verse 1 again. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Because of what Jesus did for you and for me, we, along with the patriarchs in Hebrews 11 and all the saints that have gone before us, we are assured of a place with him on the last day when he returns. We will be in his hall of faith. We will be made new. We have his assurance. So that word assurance kept coming up all week. And you've heard it numerous times already this morning. And when, when I kept reading that word and pondering on that word assurance, a good old hymn came to my mind. Blessed assurance. I think it's a wonderful way for us to conclude our message today. So we're going to give it a whirl. We're just going to sing the first verse. And after our confession and absolution, the praise team is going to sing all of the verses. 
So let's give it a whirl. We sing. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Blessed assurance, Jesus and his promises are mine. Blessed assurance, Jesus and his promises are yours. That is his story. That is our story. Praise be to God. Amen.